It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Basketball is back, baby! Even though it was a little rusty and a little sloppy, I'm going to talk about it here on a Friday Locked On Celtics podcast. Millie, let's go! Baby Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Yeah, baby. We watched basketball, and I'm going to talk about basketball. None of this stuff I haven't seen, none of this historical stuff, which has been fun, but basketball. I am John Corrales, Boston Celtics beat reporter, covering the team for MassLive.com. Here for you Monday through Friday. Like I said before, adjusted the schedule. Normally, the podcast is out in the morning for you to go to work, but today I decided I wanted to do a Friday night. Basketball is back post-game podcast. It's just, it's fun. Why not? So here's how it's going to go today. In the first segment, positives. Basketball's back. Jalen Brown. I'll even talk a little Tremont Waters. In the second segment, the negatives. They were rusty. Jason Tatum did not look good. Neither did most guys. Carson Edwards, eh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that. Third segment, Brad Stevens had an interesting thing to say about Chris Paul and how he dominates with his voice. It's the thing that the Celtics might need to work on the most right now. Plus, where is the most rust? And a quick Kemba Walker update. Let's start right now with the positives. Like I said, basketball is back. And first and foremost, it's just good to see them on the floor. It's good to see these these guys playing basketball, even though it was sloppy. Let's... Let's be real. It was a a sloppy game, and it was supposed to be sloppy. No one expected it not to be. And for for them to just be on the floor and to play a game that they lost, by the way, 98-84, not that the score really matters, but to, to see a score, for me to look at a box score, for me to look at, okay, what do the Celtics need to do to get better at basketball? with my own eyes, seeing them play basketball is, it's really just fun, exhilarating. Um, I, I just, I feel like I wanted to say that up front because I feel like some of you might be feeling the same things too. Nice to see people active on Twitter and in consuming the Celtics content again. It's just all, it's all good. So what did we see that was good on the floor? Not a ton, not a ton. I feel like Jalen Brown was the guy that that looked like he was most ready. Um, and, of course, that comes with hitting shots. And Brad Stevens would be the first person to tell you that we overreact to people hitting shots. So Jalen Brown looked, looked decent because he was hitting shots. He had a nice kind of turnaround fadeaway uh, from the right block, uh, a little further out than the right block. But it was nice to see him making a move, turning, spinning, firing, hitting that shot. That was fun. Uh, I thought he looked he looked pretty good. I thought the teams. I'll, I'll get more into the negatives here, but I thought team defensively, even though as a whole 
they didn't play good team defense. I did see some really good defensive plays. Uh, Jason Tatum, who is in the negative column today, but his defense was a positive. He had two steals, and and what I really liked, what I saw from from the two steals was disciplined defense. Uh, there was one where he was closing out in the perimeter, but he didn't fly out of control. He stayed in under control. He guided the defender off, kind of veered him into Daniel Tice, and was able to kind of do a late switch. This is something that the Celtics do. It's a it's a late switch on defense, so it looks like almost like the guy is beating you off the dribble, beating a defender off the dribble, where you're just kind of guiding him along, veering him into a big, which uh, Tatum did very nicely. And then you switch late. You're almost daring them to make that pass. And it worked. Tatum got in and and made the steal. Uh, he had another steal, a nice poke away. Uh, really nice individual plays there defensively. And the positive is that when your offense is not going well, you're when you're you can do well on the defensive side, and eventually I think the game will will come. You know, he only played 18 minutes and shot one of six. But the defense there was good. He had two steals. Marcus Smart had three steals. Marcus Smart was doing Marcus Smart things. This is actually kind of a, a very Marcus Smart line. Also played 18 minutes, shot three of eight, oh five from three. But three steals and three assists. Uh, by the way, Tatum had two assists, so some decent passing. In fact, Tatum's pass early on, I was on the pregame periscope talking to Tom Westerholm, and I wanted to see like how how connected are the Celtics. The question that I asked was, can they, can they cut? Can they find each other on cuts? How much rust is there? And at least the Celtics were doing some of that. Gordon Hayward made a nice backdoor cut. Tatum found him perfectly. It was a really nice play. And and so Tatum did have that part of his game going too. Back to Marcus Smart. The three steals that he made were were typical Marcus Smart plays, including one steal for a breakaway dunk that he just kind of ripped out of somebody's hands practically. Uh, the Celtics were playing a little bit of zone at that point, and, and it worked out. Marcus Smart was making some good defensive plays. Another positive that I really wanted to focus on and it, it, I don't know how much this means, but I am really entertained by watching Tremont Waters. I'm really entertained watching Tremont Waters play basketball. He had five assists, a team high five assists in this game. Only played 16 minutes. Nobody played more than 18 minutes and 18 seconds. That's Tatum and Smart. It was, first of all, 10-minute quarters, so it was a shorter game. Uh, I'm not mad at a shorter game because it was really sloppy. Uh, so that was fine. The, the distribution of minutes, the starters didn't play in the second half. So the first half was, was enough. So take all of this with a grain of salt. When I talk about the negatives, this is all like, they haven't played in four months. Like, I, I feel like maybe I should have said that at the beginning, but they haven't played in four months. Like we all know they haven't played in four months. I'm certainly not going to be overly critical of these guys. When I point out the negatives, like it's obvious that they have to work on things. Like this is they were never going to come out and be like, oh yep, these are the exact same Celtics that I remember seeing back in March. So that that stuff is is obvious. So, but Tremont Waters out there, and yep, it was the summer Celtics. It was against mostly 
the backups for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But Tremont was just being, he's so fluid. It, it comes so naturally to him. I really like watching him go out there and play basketball, making the passes that he does, using his body the way he does. And that's something that's typical of smaller players because you can't, you're, he's not Javante Green who's just going to run in and just jump and, and try to dunk on people. Javante had a nice a nice layup there uh, in the second half where he just kind of put his head down, drove, jumped, and was like, I'm going to figure it out once I get in the air. Obviously, Tremont Waters isn't going to do that. So he has to be shifty. He has to you know, bump into people. They, he had a layup where there were two guys chasing him, and he just slows down, bumps into the defender, and then excels off of him and just gets that gets that space to lay to lay it up. Uh, I thought I thought he just did a a very nice job offensively, and he makes some nice defensive plays too. I mean, he had he had three steals as well, uh, and only two turnovers. Two the, the turnovers can be a problem for Tremont Waters. I just wanted to highlight Tremont because I feel like he belongs in the NBA. He gets on the floor. And he looks like he belongs on the floor. He's an NBA player. I feel like he just plays at a high level. He sees things at a high level. He's a natural on the floor. I'm really high on the kid. Now, I know the limitations. The height is definitely a limitation. The turnovers need to be you know, caught in check. But I think Tremont has some kind of career in the NBA. And I've said this before. I feel like he's going to have a very tough decision because playing in the NBA, he's he's probably never going to be a high-level point guard. He's never going to be like your starting point guard on a championship team. No championship team is going to have Tremont Waters as your starting point guard, and, and you feel good about Tremont Waters being your starting point guard. That's, that's just not going to be the case. But he has a role, and the question is, what's that role? And what does he want that role to be and are there better opportunities elsewhere the dream is to play in the NBA and that's going to be a tough thing for Tremont Waters to decide because playing in the NBA he's probably he's going to make plenty of money but there's probably plenty more money out there in Turkey or Germany or France or high-level European basketball, like the super high-level European basketball, there's probably a lot more money, maybe even twice as much money out there for him out to to make to, to play in a, another country. Does he want to do that? I was talking to somebody tonight, and, and Shane Larkin's name came up. Shane Larkin had a nice little cup of coffee in the NBA, but he is playing. He's balling out in Europe. And I think Tremont Waters might have a similar kind of career path where the real money for him is going to be overseas. But whenever he wants to play in the NBA, he can if he wants to take like the minimum or part of a biannual exception to be a kind of second or third string point guard. But I didn't think coming into this I'd spend this much money talking about Tremont Waters, but I just love watching the kid play. He's so much fun to watch. I'm constantly entertained. Uh, 
coming back, talking about the negatives. Jason Tatum shooting and uh, the guy that maybe isn't going to be long for the NBA. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can even follow us on Spotify. I just spent five minutes gushing about Tremont Waters. Uh, I'm going to say that maybe Carson Edwards is and is maybe not quite going to have that same uh, level of enthusiasm from me. In 16 minutes, he was two of eight, didn't hit a three. Uh, this kind of continues along with the Carson Edwards that we've seen all year. Now, I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid, and obviously, I'm not, I'm not jumping to any conclusions about him after a scrimmage. I'm just saying that this continues the pattern that we've seen with Carson Edwards, and one of the things that he's going to have to figure out. And maybe with a true offseason for him to work on his his shooting and his shooting at an NBA level, he's going to have to figure out how to come in cold and get hot right away. He's going to have to figure out how to become a microwave like Vinny Johnson. Like that's going to be his his role in the NBA if he's going to make it in the NBA. He needs to come in and start hitting like right away. He can't shoot himself into rhythm. But I don't want to overreact to one preseason uh, or not even preseason scrimmage in the restart. Just something to watch for Carson Edwards. Uh, but that goes along with everybody. Like the whole team was rusty. When I look at the the way they they defended, their rotations were certainly off. They definitely had moments where they couldn't. Uh, they, they weren't rotating fast enough. They were leaving guys open. There were a couple of wide open lanes to the hoop where a guy got got the ball at the three point line, and just there was nobody in front of him. Was, oh, sure, let me take this easy dunk. That I think all of that stuff can be cleaned up. The Celtics certainly can clean that up. I, I think that's a function of just being out of practice and all of the scrimmaging that they they do and all the scrimmaging that they've done. That's all fine. But the live action, the first taste of live action against another team really kind of highlighted a lot of things that were were rusty. So the lack of communication, I'm going to talk about more in the next segment. The lack of communication defensively was a problem. Uh, 
um, and everybody looked a little just off. And it's going to be interesting to see how people react, how shooters react. I heard some of the guys over there say that the shooting, the the depth of field behind the baskets is going to actually be helpful for their shooting. I just want to see if that still remains the case for these guys. Uh, I hope that they can get used to it. But I think getting up and down the floor and playing actual basketball, no matter how hard you go in practice, uh, it's just different. And I can tell you, I can tell you from experience, and it doesn't matter NBA level or rec league level or whatever. It's it's all the same on your body in that when I was playing in college, my coach had us running like crazy. I've never been in better shape. Like I could run forever. And we were just in phenomenal shape, just insane shape. But when you get to play a game, those first three minutes, like really after three or four possessions, you are huffing and puffing. You are out of breath. It, it's completely different. S- not scrimmaging against your own guys. Doesn't matter like how hard you go and push yourself into practice. Getting up and down the floor in a real game when the adrenaline kicks in and your body goes to another level and you feel like you're running even harder. That's the difference. Playing against live opponents where you don't know what they're going to do. Scrimmaging against your your own guys. You're all running your own stuff. You kind of, you can anticipate things. Playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are a good team, and going live and having to figure out what to do with Steven Adams, like all of that stuff just changes the uh, changes the dynamic. In fact, uh, Jalen Brown said it uh, about the rust. He said, I think our conditioning, when I, I asked him where was the most rust, he says, I think our conditioning, I think we're not in as good a shape as we thought we were. Uh, and definitely you have to be able to guard and stop your guy from scoring at a high level. That was a good challenge playing against them. They get downhill with those guards. We need to continue to work at that and get better at that. So these, and, and this is why these scrimmages are so important. This is why these seeding games are so important. And this especially is why you absolutely could not have gone from nothing to the playoffs. I think we're seeing it. Can you imagine if they just started the playoffs and this was a playoff game? That would have been absolutely disgusting. So, and I'm glad I advocated and I knew this was going to be how it went that you need to ramp up and to have these three scrimmages and then these eight seeding games to have 11 essentially warm-up games going into the playoffs, that is so super important. So super important. And I think that's going to be very, very helpful. Uh, That's going to shake off so much of this rust. You you saw it in how these guys were shooting. You saw it in how they were defending. You, You saw how they looked slow. And Jason Tatum, I think, looked slow. He didn't look like his normal self. He wasn't doing a lot of the things that we're used to seeing him do, which is is fine. There's there's really I'm going to dive into the film a little bit to look at it and see what it was. But I think it can boil it down mostly to rust that first that first look uh at real basketball and the way the Oklahoma City was defending, they just sat back in a zone or as Brad Stevens uh, saw it uh, 
there there was a lot of like switching man to man that they were playing, but they between those two things, the zone and their switching and uh just packing the paint, there was nowhere for Jason Tatum to go. So but he he looked off offensively. He looked slow, uh just like I think everyone else. And so those were your negatives. That's it. I don't want to harp too much on on the negatives because, like I said, there's there are a couple more scrimmages to go. There's one on Sunday. There's one on Tuesday. Uh, and then the Celtics have, like, Wednesday, Thursday off before they play their first seeding game a week from today, a week from Friday. So when I come back, Chris Paul and Brad Stevens says how Chris Paul dominated with his voice. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. We all knew that going into this there were going to be unique aspects to this restart. With no fans, there are things teams have to figure out. This is not your usual NBA basketball. So with this change of scenery, with this change of venue, with this change of logistics, one of the things that these next few weeks provide these teams is the opportunity to figure out what becomes more important in this restart than maybe it would have been in normal circumstances? Because everything's different, because there are different aspects, there are going to be different things within the team dynamic, within basketball, that suddenly emerge as more important, more impactful than maybe they would have been. And Brad Stevens brought up an interesting point because he sat there watching Chris Paul with no fans. And even though there's a, you know, some music and whatever ambiance that they're throwing in there, he's basically watching a scrimmage between these two teams and no fans. He gets to hear everything. And he said that one thing that really stood out was how, um, how Chris Paul dominated with his voice. Here's the quote from Brad. Uh, We're a fairly quiet group generally, and I think that's going to have to change collectively just because of this environment. It's so unique that the collective voice of a group is going to be important. I think everyone is going to have to make sure that they do their best to communicate and help each other through. I point back to the best way we take away from this is we all heard Chris Paul dominate the game with his voice. That's it. If we would have played the whole game, they would have won because he was dominating the game with his voice. They're going to be a tough out just being out there and watching them in person and hearing them in person. 
That's Brad Stevens reacting to Chris Paul. And it's really interesting because with no fans, no craziness, there's you have to yell to get your point across. You still have to yell and communicate on the floor. People don't understand how much talking there is on a basketball floor. And it's one of the things that coaches hammer into you early on. You have to talk. If you're on defense, you have to talk. You have to make sure that everybody's in the right place. And that's one of the things. Like you look at Robert Williams, who uh, I thought struggled a little bit. And as an aside, he needs reps. He might be the guy who needs more reps than anybody. And I hope he gets a chance to get those reps because I think he can be an interesting piece to the Celtics and possibly contribute to their success. But man, he needs to play and learn and get these lessons hammered into him. One of those lessons is the same lessons that I'm talking about now. Communication. And to to succeed defensively, especially these bigs like, like Robert Williams, like Daniel Tice, they have to communicate. Guys on defense have to communicate when to switch, who's doing what, where do I go, where do you go, who do you have. You know, all of these things, you have to all be on the same page and you all have to talk to each other. Chris Paul, for all of his faults and things that make people not like watching him play, is just always talking and always in control. And and that's something that highlighted in this circumstance. And, and maybe, maybe for the Celtics, this was the best kind of scenario to experience this right away because maybe playing against a different team with a different point guard with a different personality, you don't pick up on that. Like this is something to tuck away as you, as we continue down this road of the, the NBA restart that maybe the Celtics getting Chris Paul right away and, and having this particular lesson hammered into them right away is is a really good thing. How do they react to this? How do they implement this? Do they go back? Do they really start to take that personally and say, okay, I have, I'm digesting what we've learned and we're going to apply it to the next game. So on Sunday, when the Celtics play, and it's an early game, it's say 1.30 on Sunday. So it's an early Sunday game. Want to see... Are the Celtics talking? How are they communicating? Are they active? Are they gesturing? Are they talking to one another? How are they? How are they reacting to this? Um, I think sometimes a scenario like this, a game where they looked as sluggish as they did, and granted, everybody looks sluggish. These types of things are great early lessons. You pick that up right away. It might have been. It might not have been great if the Celtics came out and looked good and they realized, oh, we don't have to work on anything. Like, it's good to have these things to work on. I know Brad Stevens believes that too. Like, coming out right away and having a laundry list of things, like, oh, we got to work on this stuff. I know Brad, like, obviously, you would love to have everything be perfect right away. No one wants to say, oh, great, we have all of these things to work on. But at the same time, I know Brad loves to have a lot of things to work on because it focuses his guys and it, it makes sure that everybody is engaged and you know, like, okay, we're not, we're not going to believe our own hype. We're not going to, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really positive talk about the Celtics coming into this. Like this maybe 
kind of refocuses and and maybe knocks a couple guys down a peg. Uh, it's just it's good to have these things to work on, so you can always point to like, hey, if you think you're going to do something, if you think you're going to be great, you can't just walk in and be great. Now, again, I want to make clear, and I'm I'm repeating myself just so I make it clear. I don't think these guys came in and said, blah, 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 I don't care about this game. But to come out and say, all right, well, this is us, Rusty, a little sluggish, you know, just in general, just because. Uh, these are the things we need to work on, and to have all those things you need to work on gives them a real good focus over the next couple of days. It was actually good to hear Jalen Brown say, eh, we thought we were in good shape. Maybe not so much. Like, that's that's good. Like I like that attitude. So, but it's only been it's only been one game, one scrimmage, really half a game, not even because they played ten minute quarters and these guys only played eighteen minutes. So, we'll leave that at that. By the way, quick Kemba update. Kemba is is doing well. His knee reacted well to going live. He is as we're I'm recording this. Uh, just about 9 p.m. He's probably on a court somewhere in Orlando going through a workout. They Obviously, he did not play, uh, but he's going through a workout at some point today. And then tomorrow, Saturday, he's going to go live. They're going to go play and practice, and he's going to go live. He's practicing. I don't know what that means for Sunday, if he's going to play or not. Uh, but at some point, he needs to be out there to actually go through the same things these guys went through to actually go through and feel that live basketball experience so he can get he can shake off the rust. Like we just watched these guys and and I just spent half an hour talking about how it's important to get this live action so you can get back to basketball shape. You can't have Kemba not have live action. And there are at that at this point 10 more opportunities to get guys up to speed. And I know, like, obviously, I'm not telling the Celtics anything they don't know, but it's going to be good to see him out there. And I think getting him out there on Sunday, even if it's for, like, one quarter, eight minutes, just go out there, feel it. How do you react? Maybe he comes back in the third quarter. If it's good, go take the second quarter off. Go stretch. Do whatever you need to do. uh, And then warm it up, back up again. Come back out in the third quarter, play, and then done. Like, maybe it's something like that. Or maybe it's just one quarter. Something. Something to get Kemba out there. But right now, the knee reacted well. They say he feels good. And that's that's where we stand. So that's your Kemba update. That's the podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I'm psyched to be talking about basketball again. Super psyched to be talking about basketball again. I hope you are enjoying it too. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for checking it out. Hope you enjoy it enough to subscribe. That's great. It really, you know, easy to subscribe wherever you got podcasts, however you found it here, or you can follow on Spotify, get it straight to your device. Uh, those of you who are subscribed, five-star rating, a good written review is always, always helpful. Check out the rest of the network. I'm on Locked On NBA every Wednesday. Check out Locked On NBA. That's daily. Locked On Celtics is daily. Uh, you're going to a lot of great basketball podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. And so please go ahead and do that. Check that out. Subscribe to these other shows as well. There's one for every team. So you can go check out Locked On Thunder. See how they're reacting to this game. There's a lot of options on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
I want to thank everybody for listening. Share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to Locked On Celtics here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.